Spot On is sponsored by the Wellbeing Project here at Boston University. This project is a new campus-wide initiative to support students' health and wellness during their time at the university. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about the Wellbeing Project. You are listening to Spot On, a health and wellness podcast that breaks through the latest media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji-Blake, a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition and You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. You know, like most of us, we have such crazy, crazy schedules. And I'm telling you just right now, I don't have time to get sick. It's not on, it's on my schedule. It's on my date book. I don't have time to get sick. So I try like heck to avoid getting the cold or the flu. And I found out that the average Joe and Josephine on the street, you know, suffers from about two to three colds a year. And that to me is too much time in bed. So I would like to go to the street and find out what do you do to avoid getting sick, like getting a cold or a flu? I don't. When I'm at college and I get sick, I'm just sick the whole semester. I take vitamin D, I wash my hands. My mom swears by Zycam if I get a cold. I kind of just wish for the best, honestly. There's no routine or anything. Making sure I eat enough and sleep enough and then just like washing my hands. I try to do the mind over body kind of thing where I just like force myself to not get sick if I can and then like just airing out my room and making sure that my pillow get changed all the time. I just try my best to stay away from sick people and I'll drink emergency, anything like that. Just prevention is the best. I just make sure to take care of myself. I don't know. I don't get sick often, so knock on wood. I wash my hands a lot. I try not to touch my face and stuff, like especially when working out like at the gym, make sure I'm like wiping down equipment. Okay, so this episode of Spot On is all about how to boost your immune system. Google just released the 2019 most Googled health issues. And guess what? The number four was how long does the flu last? So you know that when you're Googling that one, you know you're in bed in, it, just saying this is gonna, not going to end soon. This is go-, And you're Googling that thinking, oh, my God, how can I survive this? So you know that people oftentimes are looking for ways to fight the flu and, f- and to fight uh, colds. And I brought on a rock star here from New York City, um, my colleague here, Jackie London. She's a registered dietitian, and she is the um, author of Dressing on the Side and Other Diet Myths Debunked, which I think is fabulous. i got to read that one. But her latest (laughs) book is 11 Science-Based Ways to Eat More, Stress Less, and Feel Great About Your Body. And uh, Jackie, if you could just send that to me as a gift, I would appreciate that because I, I need, would I, love I, to. I need to do all of that. So, th- so Jackie, but besides that, besides being an author and a rock star dietitian from New York City, guess who we have? She is the head of nutrition and wellness for WW, which we now used to call Weight Watchers. But wait, it gets better than that. She was the head of uh, Good Housekeeping's uh, nutrition department. She was the director there. She's a media spokesperson. She's been on Today, Good Morning America, The Rachel Ray Show, Dr. Oz, Inside Edition, and CB 
SN. So um, I'm telling you, I brought on the A game here to talk about this. And she's written on this, you know, this whole uh, how to eat or how to take care of your immune system. So Jackie, welcome to Spot On. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I, I am too, because you know I'm pr- I pretty good taking care of myself. But when I always do homework for my show here, and I found out that there are 200 varieties of the common colds, and that Amer- oh. you know Americans suffer <laughs> a billion colds a year. Now, how do you uh, be honest? Wow. Come on, don't try to yes. you know sugarcoat this. How many colds do you have a year? You know, it's a great question because I really feel like I used to get sick more or at least feel like I was getting sick and then get to that point of turning it around. Right. And now I feel like the last time I got sick was in August of this year. And it was not the flu, but it wiped me out Mm -hmm. so badly that I spent three days in bed and I barely remember any of them because I was asleep for most of them. And it's just like I, I have noticed that I feel as though as I get older, which I guess is inevitable. I mean, the time will, the clock only goes in one direction. <laughs> it's like. the wrong direction, yeah. Right, the wrong direction, right. The, the wrong direction is exactly right. But I just feel like the colds have become less frequent, but their duration and intensity has just become so much different from what I would have expected the cold to be. That or my tolerance has just gone down because I, I'm the second now that I start to feel sick, I'm like, I got to just shut it down and get in bed and I don't even want to see the world um, for the next few days. Right. So well, so, well, so, you're, so basically what you're telling me, you're one of those people that was in bed, doc, you know, uh, Googling or asking Dr. Google, how long, how long exactly. is this, am I going to be in this bed in August when it's 180 <laughs> right. degrees outside? Exactly. That's so funny. How much longer can I be expected to deal with this? Right. Right. And, and that's a good, interesting, uh, what you just said, because a lot of people think, oh, colds are just uh, uh, for the winter, and they are not. Uh, you can get exactly. sick, you know, 24-7, 12 you know, months a year. In fact, the average adult suffers two to three colds a year. So if mm-hmm. if you're in that ballpark, you're just, you know, average, and some of us are may, a little bit lower, and maybe some of us a little bit more. So we really, you know, I know the, you know, having a, a a healthy immune system and doing some healthy habits can really reduce that because being having a cold or being sick is the number one reason why you know people miss work and people miss school and so we really oh. it, you know it's it, it's it's interesting to find the science behind how the heck can we boost our immune system to you know fight off this and these nasty viruses so the number one thing I always want to ask is, you know, you often hear this, but is it true? How important really is it to you for washing your hands? You hear this all the time, but how important? It is critical. So especially for for you and me who are both um, city dwellers, Mm -hmm. you know, we're always touching. We don't even know how often we are touching various surfaces, touching um, uh, and then touching our faces, touching our mouths, eating something, taking a bite of something. We, We don't factor in how important it is to wash our hands until we are either in a food service operation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's really when you start to notice how just how necessary mm-hmm. it actually is to make sure that you're not contaminating any food that right, you would right. be serving to someone else. Um, and then there is the fact that, you know, when... Anytime you meet someone, anytime you greet someone, we are in constant contact with people and people's own 
set of bacteria, of bacteria, and we're also always in contact with various objects containing bacteria. And when you think about, you know, I'll often read some of these statistics that that show different which surfaces. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm constantly. Um, interested by by this question which is like which are the dirtiest surfaces in your office the dirtiest surfaces in your kitchen and it's just alarming because what often happens is that and it's probably very obvious but it always seems surprising at the time that it's the things that you wind up cleaning the least often that are the biggest uh petri dishes right for for you know just to sort of bring it back to science right. but the petri dish that is your office computer mouse or your desktop computer um that's those are the things that it that make washing your hands and using antibacterial um soap or using antibacterial gel like purell mm-hmm. those are things that can really help and my biggest tip that i certainly learned in graduate school and have never forgotten since is that proper hand washing technique, happy birthday twice. So you sort of sing to yourself happy birthday two times in order to make sure that you're actually getting off all of the germs and the nastiness. Right. And you need soap, right? And you need that friction of rubbing back and forth? Oh, yes, you do. You need friction, you need the birthday song, and you need warm water. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and, and it's funny you said you basically were walking Petri dishes. And, you know, it, and when you're in the winter, you may feel like you're getting more colds because you're inside more often. And, and for people who are just working long hours or in school or in dormitories, you are. Everybody's just a walking Petri dish. And, you know, uh, Jackie, I'm Italian, so, I, you know, I, I touch everything and everyone like I'm, I'm always using right. my hands so it's like I, I'm like I have so much germs on me and I'm just spreading it all around you know what I mean right I exactly. want everybody right right exactly. right right and what about you know you always see a you know, cover your mouth and your cough you know cover your mouth right. and you sneeze what's, right. what's the story on that absolutely yes but of course safety first right mm. so if you're gonna if you are going to let go of the steering wheel to, in order to cover your mouth I mean that's like we got to prioritize, you know yes, what I mean? But, yes. um, but absolutely cover your mouth, blow your nose and wash your hands after you blow your nose. So right. that when you touch another surface, right. you are not infecting somebody else. That's why those hand sanitizers are really, really good. I mean, soap and water I've read is the best, but if, you know, if, if you don't have soap and water around, that's a, you know, go to, I assume. It's so true. And sometimes I find myself running around so much that I'm like, I just, I could bathe in it. I've got I've got it in in a bag full. Right, I think I right. have two bottles with me today. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I just want to tell you that if if you see a crazy Italian woman on an airplane <laughs> with the wipes and wiping down the um, you know the tray yeah. and the arm, that just say hi, Joan. You know, right. it, because. I- uh, that's me, and I'm like, and I bring, and I bring extra people around me because I want them to wash down their trays. I don't want to be near their exactly. trays. Right, right. So I bring enough I for the whole know. plane. You know what I mean? Yep, 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 yep. I am the person that's wiping down their suitcase with a little <laughs> antibacterial wipe the second I walk in anywhere. I am completely with you. Okay. I will join you in this crusade. Okay. <laughs> Good. We will travel together because no one is going to want to travel with us. So exactly. we'll, they'll go together. <laughs> So tell me, how about sleep? You know, we are actually going to do a whole segment on sleep because we're finding more and more about it. But how is that in regards to protecting uh, you from getting sick and helping you with your immune system? How important is that? So sleep is absolutely critical to everything. Um, Mm -hmm. It's critical for your health. It's critical for keeping 
keeping you healthy. It's also critical for helping you recharge and refresh. And what I mean by that is that, you know, there it's so common for all of us to find ourselves in, especially right now, where we're just running nonstop yeah. and, and sort of going on. Every engine is blaring and we are just um, running ourselves into the ground. And the the crucial nature of sleep is that there is a certain saturation point that's unique for everyone, that's different for all of us, that gets us to that level where we are no longer able to function at our best. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that means we're taking a break Mm -hmm. and other times that means that we are going to sleep and shutting it down earlier Mm -hmm. or it means waking up later. But the only way to actually give clear out that sort of cognitive load or like the the sort of brain overload that comes along with um, with lack of sleep and with being constantly constantly thinking is critical, especially because it really affects how we make decisions. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of like the secondary part, right, is that you're remembering your Lysol wipes or your your Purell or your cleaner or your hand sanitizer, any of that, when you haven't gotten enough sleep in order to function and make better decisions, it also affects our appetite so differently. Um, Mm. There's plenty of data that show a perspective link um, between sleep and weight gain, sleep Mm. and weight management, and the way that our circadian rhythms interfere Mm. with our own hormonal ability to to balance nutrients and to function properly internally and externally. So it is critical. Um, I personally wish I could get more of it. But <laughs> but sometimes, you know, it ebbs and flows you for know, all of us. And, and that's a big problem for uh, people like us that work long hours or, or college students that put in long hours. And they they oftentimes will say, okay, we'll go to – we'll drink drink caffeine to keep us awake. Right. But, you know, but that's just like a Band-Aid. That may give you a quick exactly. boost. But if you're not – if you're depriving sleep and using caffeine to keep you awake, uh, the body's going to probably wake up one morning and say, honey – you're about to get the flu because I've had it with exactly. you. you know, I've exactly. had it with you. You're I've not let, right, right. You didn't let me sleep, so now you're going to be in bed with a flu for five days sleeping. Okay, exactly. So, <laughs> the body is so smart. Yes. Right, right, right. The body's smart like that. Right, exactly. So what you know, you often hear you need so many nutrients for your immune system. What are the big ticket items that you need for uh, your immune system? So let's talk first about about what to about what kinds of things to think about for not getting sick, and then we'll talk about okay. you know what nutrients become important when you are sick. Okay. So to avoid getting sick, and granted, nothing is a cure all, right? I mean, anything requires any type of um, dietary pattern or eating pattern overall that we, that are that is linked to immunity is going to be one that is filled with antioxidants, mm. key minerals. B vitamins, um, protein, and complex carbohydrates, and some healthy fats. So it's really a more of a Mediterranean kind of style of eating um, that is what really has been has been linked to um, having the anti-inflammatory benefits, both for the short term and for for sort of short term immunity, like cold and flu, and for long term for better health overall and longevity. And so, what are the foods that really have those antioxidants? I mean, your produce is going to be your go-to. That's mm-hmm. your veggies and fruit. You've got. Any type of produce is going to also contain some really critical minerals for overall health and well-being, which is 
potassium, magnesium, mm-hmm. calcium. You'll also get zinc, and mm-hmm. I zinc is is also critical, especially this time of year. Nuts, seeds, also found in produce and and plant based oils, um, and and also of course in animal products. So that also brings us into proteins, mm-hmm. um, and seafood is an is an essential one because the anti inflammatory effects of eating more seafood more often especially um, especially when we're in school, right? Because I'd imagine it's not always as accessible to get um, to get great seafood all the time in a cafeteria. So that's that's gonna be your kind of aim for eight to twelve ounces a week if if you can. Really, as long as you can rely on those um, on those veggies and fruit, that's that's gonna be your mainstay. So any way that you could make more in a part of your meals and snacks, that's that's the best bet for how you're going to save off um, both short-term and long-term health risk. Jackie, you're right about. I mean, they're not serving lobsters in a in a cafeteria. But but what about like tuna fish or the the salmon in the pouches? Or Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can. So that in other words, you, that's a great way to to get us to get uh, seafood in, and really, you, that's a good snack. Absolutely. And, you know, some of these are some of these now are made with the seasoning built in, which Mm. is fantastic. There's sriracha, there's lemon pepper, Mm. there's some great, great versions that are available. And what makes those extra amazing is that they're sort of they're dorm friendly, right? You don't have to keep them in the refrigerator, you can kind of um, keep them in a in a container in a plastic container in your room so you don't have to worry about not having a nutritious snack on hand for when you need it Mm. um and those have everything you need you've got the omega-3s you've got the important minerals and you have antioxidants also and that's a good source of protein right exactly and protein is critical for making sure protein is essentially the building block the amino acids and protein are the building blocks of our immune system. So right. any way that you can eat at least, you know, that you're adding a source of protein into your daily meals and snacks, and seafood is certainly one of the great ones. But lean protein sources also that are really convenient and portable, like a piece of part skin string cheese, mm-hmm. a uh, hard-boiled egg. Each of those has around 8 grams of protein right there. So you've easily added a protein and nutrient-dense source of of a snack into what you're already eating it's a great way to make sure that you're really getting what you need and loading up on foods that that make you feel good right now and also will make you feel good in a couple hours especially if you're thinking about studying and going to Mm -hmm. the library and you know getting some things done crossing some things off the list you really want something that's going to have staying power for longer protein takes a little bit longer to digest so it really can have that benefit of both satiety, but also um, to be beneficial for immunity. You know, we we did a whole segment on you know snacking, to snack or not to snack. That is the question, and it's interesting because uh, it's a great segment. And uh, what she was saying was basically what you were saying is to have protein throughout the day, and it's a great snack. And not to just just not eat a box of crackers, but rather have some protein, a little bit of crackers, and so you get that boost for your immune system and, of course, for uh, muscle synthesis. So, so, yeah, again, we're on target with that. It was a great segment to uh, people want to listen to. We hear about fluids. What What's the story with fluids? You know, hydration is critical for everything. And when you have a cold or you have a fever of any mm-hmm. type, your 
your fluid needs go up and your protein needs go up. So there's two things to really keep in mind is that when you get sick, you're going to need a little bit of the extra protein, extra fluids. Mm -hmm. Fluids are really the more important, sort of like the more immediate thing to think about. But what is great about that is that if you are really not feeling like yourself, being able to, um, to get some extra liquid into your day can happen in the form of of broth-based soup. Mm. It can also happen in the form of fruits and veggies, of course, always. And it also means that you might be thinking about adding some frozen fruit to, to your water if you're so exhausted that you just kind of roll out of bed and want to make sure... <laughs> that you can add something in. You can you can also get some fluids from those uh, types of fruits and veg. And then you also have to think about coffee and tea, which, mm. you know, when you're drinking in, in sort of the adequate amount, which is around that 300 to 400 milligram of caffeine a day, so that's about three to four cups of coffee, cups meaning more like the eight-ounce cups, mm -hmm. that also counts towards no. your daily fluids. So those things are just important to to consider from a more holistic perspective. And also tea and coffee are um, top sources globally of antioxidants. Mm -hmm. So it's another way to add in some additional antioxidants in ways that you may be already doing or thinking about, but just how can you do a little bit extra to make sure that you're really taking care of yourself um, and hydrating appropriately. And I also think it's important to remember that when we're inside um, in drier conditions, especially, I mean, I'm sitting in my office right now that is the driest place <laughs> perhaps on this side of Manhattan, mm -hmm. but it is it's dry. It's, we get so dry and mm -hmm. we also wind up needing a little bit extra when we are talking a lot, are, sure. are physically active, are um, running around and just not having time to actually sit down and take something to drink, period. Um, so we are going to always get liquids from the food that we eat, but it's important to think about, you know, how your daily schedule may change, how you can stay hydrated right now. And then when you're sick, what are some other ways, some other alternatives that you can use to add in some extra liquid? And soup really does that magically. So, so what, what the old, you know, the old adage that chicken soup is like penicillin for a cold. I mean, you know, I guess that, you know, that, that's. I thought it was a myth, but maybe, maybe, maybe it is a good thing. Absolutely. In fact, you know, there is some there is some research out there that has supported it. Um, it's not quite penicillin, but can it help you heal from a cold? You know. One thing is that, that, and this is often debated in practice all the time, is what is really, you know, what can what can we call treatment and what can we call helping with the symptoms? Mm -hmm. And certainly chicken soup really does achieve that latter point, right? Like if you are not feeling well, there's really nothing quite like chicken, like chicken soup. But it also has that added benefit of giving you the extra protein you need, giving you the extra hydration you need. And it is also going to give you some vegetables, which is, of course, critical. But there's also something to the idea that you are getting a hot beverage. It's easy to swallow. So if you have a sore throat, it's easier for you to swallow. It's easier for you to eat. And you can really have it from a mug. And I say this from firsthand experience that that was me with my cold back in August, <laughs> drinking out of a mug because I was so exhausted and depleted that I didn't really want to get out of bed. So I didn't, you know, why would you, why would you eat with one, with two hands when you could eat with one? Right. So it was much easier to drink from, 
from a mug. So, right. um, so think about the symptoms, right? So if you can eat something that really helps you treat the symptom too, that's just as important. So you're, you're just, I'm just trying to get the picture in my head of you and laying in your bed. But uh, so the I words, have one you, eye. I'm just going to say, so you are so exhausted that you can't even lift a spoon and you can just. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I barely even remember that chicken soup, but I have to say it was Heavenly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> delicious chicken soup. Right, you know, you know, what I love about the chicken soup, and I know that that they've done some studies on it. it says, but you, you, what I love about it is when you're that sick, and you yeah. have chicken soup, it just brings you back to all the exactly. times that you were sick, and you say, okay. I got over that. I'm going to get over this. And there's like a, a historical data. Exactly. <laughs> totally. There's that feeling that you get, you know, when you are sort of on the cusp, like that that sort of like, I'm sick and I'm here, but oh, wait, I just had some chicken soup and it almost feels instantaneous. And of course, right. it's temporary from the right. kind of decongesting that you're doing, but it's like, the, it's the greatest feeling in the world where you think, oh, yeah. Oh, it's possible. Yeah. You know, that, and that's the other funny thing about being sick is that, you know, of course we need food. We need nutrients in order to live, right? But when you're sleeping so much, you wind up act, sort of accidentally skipping meals and then wondering right. why you feel weak, right. right? So this is really critical. The other great thing about something like a soup or a stock or a chili, anything that has broth in it um, that's really veggie-based or lean protein-based, it's going to have the this balance of electrolytes that's also going to help you kind of rehydrate in a way that um, that helps you feel better. So you'll get the You'll get potassium, you'll get magnesium and calcium, but you'll also get that sodium, right. which when you're not eating much is is certainly okay. Sure, sure, sure. And, and you know, it tastes good. It tastes really good. Really it tastes good. delicious. Right, right. What, what you, know, uh, you know, as I said, I'm Italian. So what's the story with garlic? I heard that that, that may help with the, with the cold. What, what, what do you know about garlic? Garlic, very limited research on garlic, but I will say that there is one best case use for garlic, and that is... Anytime that you enjoy the taste of a spice, especially garlic, because who doesn't love garlic? Mm -hmm. Anytime you enjoy the taste of a spice and you can use that spice or that ingredient to add more vegetables into your daily meals and snacks, like adding garlic, adding roasted garlic into the into tomato soup. I can't. Mm -hmm. I'm getting hungry as mm -hmm. I speak. Um, or adding roasted garlic into um let's say carrots that you're popping into the oven, although that's a little bit more difficult in a dorm room, but I'm sure that that is available at your local cafeteria or at local restaurants. But I, I think that, you know, lots of times there's plenty of spices out there that get so much hype for their purported health benefits, but really the bioavailability of taking some of these herbs and spices in supplement form or in, um, or just sort of like trying to, trying to cure a cold with, with garlic is a little bit like trying to clean up, you know, an overcrowded basement using like one one sort of toothpick, right? It's a little bit like you're not doing much. Your body can't really use it in the right. same um, effective way. But what you can use is veggies when they're cooked in, in oil or a, a little bit of butter, something that gives you some of that um, healthy fat to help you better absorb those nutrients. That is the way to go. But, you know, listen... Jackie, you could put the garlic in the chicken soup. That's exactly right. You could put it in the chicken soup and then you could make then you could watch as someone who you have corralled into taking care of you makes the tomato soup. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
You are a conniver. I like your girlfriend. <laughs> you are a conniver. You said something about supplements. And the, what is the story with zinc lozenges? I'm hearing things about that. Well, what are you thinking? Yeah. So zinc lozenges, about that 15 milligrams a day, those are going to be, those have been linked to reducing the duration of a cold. Now, I have seen this literature before and thought to myself, how do we know how long that cold was going to last in the first place? <laughs> so while I, while I, I, you know, there's definitely something there. I think there's certainly more research to be done on the topic, mm-hmm. but it's really going to be a personal sort of tolerance and a personal effect. How that, how you respond to something like a zinc lozenge is quite personal and unique to you. But I would, I would say that things like that that are over the counter and available to you, if you know that you usually like sucking candy or lollipop or something that helps your throat or helps mm-hmm. you feel less congested. Um, a cinnamon lollipop, also, I have mm. to say, I can't sing the praises of that enough. That certainly helped me during my last cold because anything spicy will kind of open up your nasal passages a little bit better. But zinc, certainly, if you feel like that makes you feel better, go for it. And if you feel like that's something that, that if you want to start now, that kind of like lubricates like your mouth, your throat, your whole kind of digestive tract, that beginning part of your digestive tract, that's really important to think about if that's just going to make you feel better. You know, that cinnamon lollipop idea, I like that a lot because let me tell you, honey, I tried the zinc lozenges and they are they taste dreadful. They're I ra- brutal. I rather have an extra day of being <laughs> sick because I'm sick after I'm sucking on it. So I'm like, what? what, what? I'm exactly. not getting a penny out of this. I don't understand this. Exactly. So- <laughs> they do leave. I should. I should have added that caution, right? It's like they leave this little bit of metallic taste right. in your mouth, and that. I mean, depending on how you're feeling, it's really not for everyone, and it's certainly not for you. I would say if you have any kind of stomach. Sickness. Right. All right. So <laughs> it's not going to help with that. Oh. All right. I'm going to I'm going to quiz you because I'm a professor, so I love to quiz people. Okay. So here okay, you go. I love a pop okay. Quiz. True or false? Should you avoid dairy when you're sick? I hear this all the time. True or false? Okay. So I'm going to give you a little caveat answer. So so I'm going to say false with a caveat, right? Okay. So false is that um, there's lots of different types of dairy products, of course. And when you're not feeling well, what I would say some of anything is better than none of nothing (laughs) right so Mm -hmm. if you are not eating very much and you're not feeling great and the only thing that you have left in your fridge is yogurt and you've got ice cream in the freezer and you've got milk somewhere and you don't know what else you have but really it's all dairy products then overloading on dairy is not going to be great either but it is a big myth to say that dairy um, makes worsens the symptoms of a cold or of an upper respiratory anything. There's very actual, you know, really hard and, and fast data that, that supports the idea because it really is a personal tolerance sort of thing. If you mm-hmm. feel like dairy upsets you or makes you feel congested or really um, gets stuck kind of in your nasal cavity kind of thing, that's when you want to skip it. But where it really has a benefit is that if you are wanting to choose something that's still nutritious but higher in protein, plain, unsweetened Greek yogurt, mm. um, skier, uh, any of those options that are going to give you about 10 grams or more of protein per 5.3 ounce or about, you know, that, that two-thirds cup standard serving size, mm-hmm. that's really great because it's going it's, to, it's small, it's contained, it means that you don't have to sit down and eat a huge meal, but it'll still give you the protein that you need and it's also very satisfying. So mm-hmm. you'll feel, you know, you'll feel a little bit energized from that and you can mix that to make it savory or sweet. And 
milk certainly in tea, coffee, and a mm. latte when you start feeling better that can um, that can help you also to perk up a little bit. So so it's something to think about, yeah. especially and, if you and, usually take milk in your coffee. And when you say tea, because tea comes right into the chicken soup. You have chicken soup and you have tea. I mean that those two go together. <laughs> exactly. All right. Exactly. Never forget the tea. Right. All right. Now, true or false? If you take a vitamin C supplement, uh, you can prevent the common cold. Oh, if only that were true. Oh. That's a false one. But you can eat lots of foods that are filled with vitamin C, like strawberries, like kiwis, like um, oranges, even tomatoes are an amazing source of vitamin C, spinach, all my favorite friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So we can forget the vitamin C supplement because it's not going to do anything. All right. That's good to know. That's good to know. I'm saving money here. What about, okay, true or false, honey? is good for yeah. you. Now, it, true or false? Oh, yeah. So this is a this is another one that has a lot of mixed data out there. But what I would say about honey is that, again, with the personal tolerance sort of perspective, is that honey, some people find that honey just simply makes them feel like they've sort of coated mm-hmm. their throat, which is great if you feel like you're, you have a sore throat. There is not that much um, by way of biochemical backup on that. But I would say that, you know, and I've often heard a lot of people talking about using local honey for seasonal allergies as well. And that's also very mixed in in the literature. So really, when it comes to honey, if it helps you to get that tea down rather than drinking it unsweetened, then definitely go for it. So whatever helps you to drink the tea, go for that. But I, but keep in mind that when you have lots of sugar at one time, and honey ultimately is the concentrated source of, of added sugar, you're going to get thirstier. Mm. And it, you know, it can give you that kind of feeling of um, it is easy to overdo, in other words. So it can give you that feeling of kind of like stickiness or dry throat just because you might have had too much. So it can really go both ways. A little bit of honey, though, is perfectly fine. But yeah, that's a good good thought with with the tea because you want to make the tea a little bit more flavorful, plus you have that coating going on, especially if you have a sweat exactly. throat. So that's a great way to do that. I'm going to stop on the, on the way home and get some honey just in case. <laughs> cinnamon know, tea, yeah. also delicious. Right, Another right. cinnamon product right, to right. love. That's what I'm going to stock up. I'm going to stock up here. Okay, so tell me, true or false, probiotics. Can they do anything to help fight a cold or the flu? So probiotics, there's some literature that supports the idea that um, that probiotics can help you when you take them prophylactically, when mm. you take them as a preventative um, sort of care. But it's only specific strains and it really, it's very, probiotics are still dietary supplements, so they're not regulated mm-hmm. in the same way mm-hmm. as, you know, medications are, as food is. So it's important to think about where, where you're getting that from and really doing your homework if that's something that you would want to consider. So they, they can have a time and a place benefit to build up immunity, but in the moment, once you are sick or once you start feeling like you're getting sick, there's really not much you can do. do the zinc lozenge yeah. is just about the only thing that has any um, any solid uh, research behind it. Right. That said, um, what can you do right now to help you not get sick later? And then I have to bring it back to the fruit, veggies, whole grains, legumes. That's where you're going to find prebiotic fiber, which is sort of like the fuel that your body's probiotics need to kind of survive and thrive. That's what your your body's, you, all of us are made up of probiotics in our GI tract, which are the beneficial bacteria, the friendly bacteria that, um, that helps us stay healthy over time. And we have often heard a lot of these kind of 
phrases or slogans about your gut is is sort of like the bodyguard to your whole immune system. So the healthier your mm. you can make your gut, the better off you will be. And there is certainly um, there's certainly a long way to go in terms of fully fleshing out how that works and who that's beneficial for, but who that advice is beneficial for. But for the most part, you really can't go wrong by eating more prebiotic-filled foods, getting some of those fermented foods, which is where you'll also find probiotics. So you'll find that bacteria itself um, in fermented foods. What's a fermented food, Jackie? Ooh, a fermented food. So kimchi, sauerkraut, um, and the Greek yogurt that I mentioned, getting getting some from those that have live and active cultures added to them. It's not a 100% guarantee that you're going to find probiotics or a specific type or specific strain of probiotics, mm-hmm. but you will get the benefit of knowing and certainly the sort of the the calmness that comes from knowing that you're eating something with live and active cultures that have been linked to helping improve overall gut health. Right, right, right. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling... I'm feeling I got a boost here. I'm feeling like, you know, something, you know, you often feel like you you can't fight off a cold or a flu. But it sounds like what you're saying here, you know, get some sleep, wash your hands, plenty of liquids, make sure you have protein during the day, eat a healthy diet, which is fruits and vegetables and high fiber foods. And maybe we have a chance. And you know something, if you if the average is two to three colds um, a year and you come in at one, heck, they're do, you're doing good. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Now I'm just hoping to get through the rest of this year without another cold because, frankly, I just don't think I have time in my calendar right, right now. <laughs> right. I think I can schedule right. that. So you just you just say to the cold, look, I don't have time for you. I'm going to bed, and right. well, I'll see you next year. I'm going and to that's bed. It. I'm, I'm using my chicken soup as a pillow. I'm using my frozen chicken soup as a pillow, and I'm going to bed. <laughs> And you, with your chicken soup, is going to have a sound sleep, and we know that's important. Exactly. Exactly. It's like an eye mask. Right. (laughs) Jackie London, you are uh, just fabulous, and I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom about how to boost your immune system today on Spot On. Thank you so much, Joe. Spot On is sponsored by the Wellbeing Project here at Boston University. This project is a new campus-wide initiative to support students' health and wellness during their time at the university. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about the Wellbeing Project. Spot On is supported by the Boston University Sargent College's Master of Science degree in Nutrition program. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about this fabulous nutrition graduate program. Thank you for listening to Spot On. Please subscribe to Spot On on your favorite podcast app for new episodes every week. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joan Salgy Blake. And also like our Spot On Facebook page and suggest topics for future episodes. And oh, by the way, could you ask five of your friends or family members to download Spot On and subscribe to it? Do I ask a lot from you?